Hi, this is Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here for today's conversation. So I'm really excited to just dive right in because this is something that has been such a game changer in my life and in my personal healing journey and to the clients that I work with and just a profound shift in perspective around parental wounds and our self-perception and just how to navigate all of that in a way that promotes healing, promotes integration and promotes wholeness. So this is a method that I want to share with you that is really, really powerful. Um, So if you're someone that's looking to have a breakthrough in healing your parental wounds, but also transforming the relationship with yourself, I really want you to take a moment to sit down and tune into this, but to also have your journal with you. So let's dive right in. So this is something that is no doubt going to seriously transform your relationship to yourself. So before I share that, we first need to understand that as children, what we tend to do is shape the world in terms of black and white and in terms of good and bad. So it is a very binary form of thinking that allows us to grapple with the reality of our experiences because as children, we can't really process and we can't really understand complexities, paradoxes, and nuances. So that's really difficult. So we split the world into black and whites. So for example, if my dad comes home and he's upset, that means I did something wrong. I am bad. I can't really grasp the complexities of the human experience, meaning that I can't really understand that my dad is also tired. He worked a nine hour shift. He may have been really stressed at work and his attitude probably has nothing to do with me. I can't really hold those nuances. Those aren't things that my brain and mind are really thinking about. I'm really translating all that and internalizing and saying, okay, happy means good. Sad and angry and upset means I'm bad. And that's just usually how we perceive the world as kids. And a lot of us don't really break out of that state of thinking, but it's a binary way of thinking and perceiving the world. So this is all a part of our early psychological development. And one of the things that I want to highlight within this journey or within this aspect of our psychological development is when we are children and we're growing up and we're watching and witnessing parental conflicts, whether this is mom and dad, whether this is mom and stepdad, father figure, mother figure, when there is conflict, part of our minds unknowingly chooses side, meaning that we are looking to identify 
what is good and what is bad. But we're also looking to identify who is good and who is bad. Meaning we're categorizing the aggressor in the situation and the victim. And this is really the foundation of this whole conversation because this categorization has a profound, a profound impact on our self-perception and our behavior and patterns as we enter into adulthood. So I want you to take a moment to reflect on your parents' relationship. So this really doesn't require you to have two parents in the household. Maybe your father was never around and you interpreted him as the bad one that left the family, or maybe you interpreted your mother as the bad one. So again, it doesn't really require you to have both parents at home. Some part of your mind has split reality into two. And it interpreted and categorized that the actions of one person were aggressive or were the perpetrator, and the actions of another reflected that they were the victim. So think about that. Maybe you have identified your mother as the narcissistic, abusive one, or you identify your father as a narcissistic, abusive one. Whatever you can reflect on now, given your perception of your parents, maybe it has changed, maybe it has shifted over time, but reflect on maybe how you felt when you were 18, 19, or living at home. This is very important because whoever you have painted as the aggressor in your mind, there is a high chance that the things that the aggressor did, you have interpreted as bad. But those traits that you have interpreted as bad have now become that those same traits are harshly judged, demonized, disowned, or suppressed in yourself. For example, if you have a parent that you identify as the aggressor because you have associated them with anger and aggression, that parent you grew up watching and seeing in these emotional states you have on some level learned to suppress your own anger, even when it's a valid emotional response. So you interpreting their frustration, their anger as a bad thing, and them being an aggressor because they're angry, more than likely you feel shame and guilt when you get angry or you get upset or you feel frustrated about a situation and you feel that anger is the valid emotional response in that moment. Despite that fact, you still suppress it, or even when you express it, you feel guilty afterwards or you judge yourself. This is really a result of what I shared earlier. In your early psychological development, you split reality. 
you identified somebody as the aggressor. But that comes with a ripple effect. And that ripple effect is those parts of you are now going to become judged because you are judging those parts of you externalized in your father or in your mother as bad. So you will inevitably, inevitably, any moment you express anything similar to that, identify that in yourself as something that's bad. So the other thing that's happening or has already taken shape is that the traits of the good parent or the victimized parent become idolized, become glorified. They lead you to shape your whole identity around these traits, around these characteristics, sometimes to the extent to which you lose touch with other aspects of yourself. So, for example, if you were in a household where there was an aggressive father or an aggressive mother, to balance this relationship, there's often a person that's passive and self-sacrificing and overly pleasing. That is the balance of that relationship. Whether it looks balanced or not, that is the plus and the minus. That is the polarity. One person is more comfortable being aggressive, bold, assertive, and loud and taking up space in that way. And of course, the other person is going to find more comfort in doing the opposite. This is just the polarities. So what's going to happen is if you interpret that parent that was passive, self-sacrificing, and overly pleasing as the good parent, as the victim, you more likely than not have shaped your whole identity around those same traits. You might take pride in being an empath, someone that accommodates to other people, someone that can feel into other people's needs, emotions, and becomes very self-sacrificing in moments where your needs conflict with other people's needs or what other people need from you. Uh, you may be overly nice. You might be trying to work on your people-pleasing patterns. But on some level, you have shaped your whole identity off of the fact that you're nice and also maybe the fact that you have dated assholes and have been with aggressive partners and narcissistic partners and you pride yourself on some level for being the person that wasn't narcissistic or wasn't aggressive or wasn't abusive and was helpless and a victim in that dynamic. I do not doubt for a second you have shaped your whole identity around that. Because, like I said, with the bad quote-unquote parent, you, in your early psychological development, have disowned other aspects of yourself and clinged to other aspects of yourself. So what you interpreted as bad, you disown. What you interpret as good, you cling to. 
because that is the relationship you have now formed to your goodness. So this binary view can spill into adult relationships, has more than likely already spilled into your adult relationships. So this not only means that you internalize these responses where you're identifying as a self-sacrificing one, the people pleaser, the nice guy, the good girl, but you are also recreating the dynamic. So if your mother or your father was the aggressor, whoever you sided with, right, unknowingly or unconsciously, you are going to play out their role in your adult relationships. And whoever you saw as the aggressor or the bad parent, you are going to have an unreasonable attraction to anybody that mimics those traits and those characteristics for two reasons. One is familiarity. You've seen this dynamic before. You know how it goes. You know the roles. There's safety there. There's security there because it's familiar. Therefore, it is predictable. The other thing is you are attracted to these types of people because in our relationships, we are attracted to people that are in touch with aspects of ourselves that we have lost touch with. The parts of me that I no longer know how to connect with, when I see them externalized in another person, I am compelled to form a relationship with them, to interact with them on some level. Because in them, I am seeing myself, a self that I no longer allow myself to connect with. So the relationship serves as a catalyst for integration. So this is why we often find ourselves in relationships with people that are quite literally the opposite of us at times. And that is because they are presenting us an opportunity. Not necessarily them, but the orchestration of the relationship itself. You can call it the spirit of the relationship. The spirit of the relationship is saying, here are parts of yourself that it is now time to welcome back home. And oftentimes what we do is we push the person away. But part of pushing that person away, part of demonizing those traits in them, is actually continuing this, the cycle of disconnection, the cycle of disconnection within ourselves. So if you're aware of this, and you're noticing these things in this conversation today, this is an opportunity to reflect on what traits are you attracted to in your partners, but you tend to demonize in yourself. So whether that is aggression, assertiveness, boldness, the capacity to take space, maybe it's spontaneity or a creative and free-flowing spirit. Whatever those aspects you notice you're initially attracted to, but later on you tend to demonize or to judge on some level, notice how you judge and disown those parts of yourself and start making steps towards reclaiming those parts of yourself.
So what I want to share with you, if any of this resonated, is to begin acknowledging these patterns and begin to recognize their origins. What I'm sharing today might be a space to explore where these ideas about you and your perception of yourself has been molded and shaped by your perception of your parents. And a lot of this is now affecting your adult relationships and your patterns. So this is really the symbiotic nature of the father and the mother wound is they interpenetrate one another. I can't say that I am this way because of my mother wound solely. My mother wound is deeply affected by how my father figure showed up and vice versa. So reflecting on these relationships can give us a lot of insight on our self-image, our self-perception, and the patterns we need to break free from. So the next thing is going to be learning how to embrace the full spectrum of your being, but also your emotions. Because more than likely, there is a set of emotions that you have also learned to demonize and judge in yourself. Whether that's anger, whether that's sadness, sometimes that's even having a giving heart. If you were around a parent that you look down upon because they were so giving, they were so accommodating and overly nice and pleasing. And in your mind, you interpreted them as weak and you looked down on them. You pity them. More than likely, what's going to happen is those parts of yourself that are giving, that are, can accommodate to people's needs that want to accommodate to people's needs that want to at times sacrifice yourself for the greater good of a relationship more than likely you're going to look at those parts of yourselves as weak you're going to demonize them in your own way so i don't want this just to i want to expand this conversation to include even your goodness Parts of your goodness you might disown because you saw someone abusing those qualities in your mother or in your father. And you saw the lack of protection that your mother or your father had towards their own goodness. And now in your adult life, you safeguard those parts of yourself to an extent that is actually blocking out love to an extent that is actually creating walls in your relationships, to an extent that's actually pushing people out of your life. So I want you to reflect on that as well. So the next thing is going to be challenging this binary thinking, challenging yourself to see things in a more nuanced way, allowing yourself to explore the gray areas because life is full of gray areas. Things are not black and white. So when you think of your parents' relationship, what are things that you now know as an adult that can illuminate things that you have used to cast and categorize 
and and split this perception you have of your parents not to avoid or to dismiss whether there was abuse a narcissistic embodiment it's not to negate that it's about helping you reimagine and redefine your relationship to yourself and in order to do that you might have to take on a new lens you might have to practice acknowledging dynamics that aren't just shaped by your father's actions they may be shaped by your father's relationship to his father your father's relationship to your mother that is far more complex than you could ever know there could be aspects of your mother's relationship to her mother and things that happened there that led her to show up a certain way my point here is that as an adult you can start to integrate pieces of information that your childlike mind probably couldn't even process and probably couldn't even identify looking at the generational aspect of what has unfolded and your family dynamics can also give you a more grander perspective and help you live more in the grace rather than attaching to the blacks and the whites and the goods and the bads last thing i would highly suggest if you're looking at these patterns and you're looking to transform them and get a deeper understanding of yourself is to practice reparenting yourself so this involves giving yourself the love the validation and the support you've might have missed out on as a child and so this means those parts of you that we've identified earlier that you might demonize that you might judge how can you reparent and nurture that relationship with those parts of yourself with compassion and understanding and training yourself to welcome these parts of yourself back home to have a newfound relationship with them that isn't imprinted by what you saw them embodied as when you were a child for example if we saw aggression as a child we might interpret that any form of aggression is bad so when we have moments where we need to be aggressive in a situation maybe there's a job that's mine and i need to be aggressive in that matter maybe i'm playing a sport i need to be aggressive or maybe there's somebody that's highly disrespectful and really pushing my boundaries i might need to be aggressive in that moment to really assert myself to have a backbone to self advocate i might have to embody those qualities but if i haven't reparented myself to understand that when i do that that is okay that is a valid emotional response i need to train and reparent my inner child to see that there are moments in my life that are going to require me to embody different aspects of myself and sometimes those aspects might look like the same traits and dynamics that traumatized me or traumatized someone i loved like my mother or my father or maybe even my siblings 
but to separate, to create a differentiation between who I am at my core and what I saw growing up. Meaning that because I embody some level of aggression or assertiveness in a moment, does not mean that I am the aggressor that I watched as a child that might have scared me, terrified me, and kept me on edge, walking on eggshells as a kid. That doesn't mean that. That doesn't mean I am that, or I am becoming that. So a lot of our resistance to these aspects of ourselves is also a fear, a fear of becoming that which we were traumatized by, that which we were abused by. And so we have to reparent our inner children to recognize that it is okay to embody these things and to understand how to embody them in a way that doesn't lead to people being hurt, people being isolated or people being uh, wounded by our actions. So that is a process of reparenting, a process of reparenting that does require patience and understanding. So by actively working on these aspects, we can really move away from these binary thinking patterns that that were really instilled in us in our early psychological development and actually take step towards a more balanced, nuanced, healthier relationship with ourselves and naturally other people in our lives as well. So remember this journey towards wholeness is lifelong and requires your patience and your compassion towards yourself. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you got something out of this. And if you did, please share it with me in my DMs. Let me know what your takeaway was from this, maybe something you learned about yourself. And again, I just want to say thank you for tuning in and I'm going to wish you a beautiful rest of your day and beautiful evening wherever you are in the world. Peace.